I'm Gary Mitchell, an associate editor with EBN, and I'm here today with Joanne Agnelli from Four Seasons Healthcare and Jesse McGreevy. They both hosted a Twitter chat during the week on palliative and end-of-life care in nursing homes, and I just wanted to summarise the podcast when I have them both here today. So, starting first with Joanne, I wonder could you tell me a bit about the difference between palliative and end-of-life care? So palliative care uh, is in the last 12 months of someone's life um, and should be promoting the quality of care that people are provided with and end of life care is more around the last six months of someone's life. Okay, picking up on that. So in care homes at the minute, do you think that palliative palliative and end of life care is, is well done and if so, why and if not, why? In pockets it's probably very well done depending on the training that the staff have had but on the most part I would say it's probably still poorly done. And Jesse, as a, an educator in the field, what what is your feeling that staff, do you think that they uh, know quite a bit about palliative care or do they associate it with one particular disease? Um, as an educator I find that staff uh, see it as only the last few days of life, Okay. Um, so they leave planning very late and they only really relate it to illnesses such as cancer, things like dementia and heart failure and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, mm-hmm. they don't seem to see them as progressive long-term illnesses and mm-hmm. um, so they're not starting that planning for the palliative going into the end of life early enough, they leave it just till it's too late. And just picking up on uh, dementia, you mentioned it, would, dementia would be something in care homes that would be a big problem or would you, would you see a lot of dementia? We would see a lot of, of dementia in all of our settings, not just in the dementia homes but the nursing homes, the residential homes. Um, and that's why it's so important that staff know the difference between palliative care and end-of-life care um, and they understand that you have to plan early because with dementia capacity is altered throughout the disease okay. and communication is also altered as well so if they leave it till they're, they're physically dying mm-hmm. then they, they can't put preparations in place and do it in a person-centered way. So in your experience uh, of both of you were nurses before you um, took up the regional role uh, in dementia care so I wonder, in your experiences, was uh, was there advanced decisions in place? Was palliative care in place uh, when residents first entered the care home? Mostly, I think talking about dying was still still very much a taboo. Um, staff find it that they don't have the confidence to actually go and speak to someone about their wishes around death and dying. And a lot of the time, some of the residents don't actually want to talk to us about their wishes around death and dying. So it's still big conversation that needs to be had, but staff need educated, they need to have confidence, they need to know they need to be prepared whenever they're going in to speak to someone uh, when it comes to death and dying. But as Jesse said, those conversations need to happen much, much earlier um, whenever people are diagnosed. I think staff as well don't actually appreciate that when people are diagnosed with dementia, it actually is a terminal illness. They still see palliative care related very much to the cancer setting. That's a good point. And just to pick up on that, um, so if, when would palliative care start then? When would, in, in a care home setting, when should it start? Would it be the last few months or six months or when would it start? Ideally on admission. Yeah, on admission. If it hasn't already been planned at diagnosis stage, it should be happening at admission stage. Now, we're not saying, you know, within the first two hours of somebody being in a home, mm-hmm. but, you know, after a few days, you get to know the resident, you get to know the family, you've developed those good relationships. You know, having that conversation earlier on is, is very important. But you do it in a way that lets them see, you know, we're having this conversation so we know what you want and 
when it gets to the point that the person's dying, we will make it what you want them and try our best to make sure we're doing it as person-centered as we can and that, that everyone knows what they're doing, including the family and including the staff. And that way it'll, it'll run much smoother for everyone involved. And it's not a one-off conversation, it's a process. It's something maybe you need to Approach with people, allow them time to actually think about what it is that they want, because they maybe have never thought about that before, or they may have very precise plans that they want to have in place. So just just to reiterate then, so someone with um, a condition such as dementia, COPD, heart failure, as you mentioned, admitted to, to one of your care homes, that conversation should happen in the first months? Yeah. Even yeah. if they're well and there's no signs of yeah. deterioration? Okay, that's interesting. And how would you get the wishes? How would you how would you do that? How would you advise nurses to looking at advanced care planning um, and how they can put that in place, uh, what exactly their wishes are, what even if they aren't on well at this particular moment in time, death is inevitable and it's how we can have that person to have a good death. Mm-hmm. And I have to say it's it's more than just, you know, do you want to be resuscitated, do you not want to be resuscitated? Um, and we generally find in the care homes that the nurses are very good at having that discussion, yeah. okay. but they don't go beyond the do, the do not resuscitate orders. You know, and actually if somebody's willing to discuss that, then with the right support and encouragement from the staff member, they will be willing to discuss um, things like spiritual needs and um, you know how they feel about medications, how they feel about either staying in the home or going to hospital, what minister maybe they want there, uh, what family members they want present, what's important to them at that stage. You know that's more important than do you want to be resuscitated. So it's, it's, uh, I take that as a more holistic approach then, and yes, and care. Um, so in terms of the advanced care plan, you've mentioned uh, what. What does that? You alluded to some points about do not resuscitate and spirituality. What sort of other things would could nurses ask uh, in terms of that, or is it very much led by by the patient or resident? Well, the nurse probably should be prepared with a, a set of questions, uh-huh. but then that should be guided by the resident's response. It may be that the conversation has to take place over several different occasions, depending on how the the emotion of that resident is when you're talking about it yeah. and, and I think nurses need to be prepared and they're not very good at preparing themselves for that conversation so that makes the conversation much more difficult with the resident who actually might be very comfortable talking about their wishes. Yeah and uh, as a nurse myself I, I would find it difficult to, to communicate uh, with people who are you know telling them maybe they, they feel well at maybe end of life is as close than they think. Is there any sort of frameworks or tools out there that nurses can utilise? To yeah, the, the one I would suggest would be the um, SPIKES framework. Yeah. Um, it is a six-step framework um, that helps you establish, okay, how do I need to prepare? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not just preparing what you're going to say, but it's preparing uh, the environment and also letting them know that this, this discussion's going to be happening you know you don't just want to go to somebody and say right come on let's talk about palliative care you want to say look we're, we're going to have to have this discussion can you have a think about some of the things explain to them why you're going to do it before you actually do it and then um, it's about you know using open body language and the right questions to use and then when you've got all the information well then what do we do with that now so yeah. it's, it's putting a plan in place with their agreement and make yeah. sure it is actually the plan so the information that you've taken 
you know, you feed it back to them and say, you know, is is this what you're telling me? Am I right by what I'm saying? And keeping them involved every step of the way. As as Joanne said, it's not just like a one-off discussion. It's keep going back to make sure it's what they want. Um, and the spiked framework takes you through that very, very well. It's about making sure that you're having that discussion in the, an appropriate environment as well. Mm-hmm. It needs to be somewhere that you're not going to be disturbed and there's no phones and distractions going on. So you need to be very careful about how you set that scene. Okay. And in, in the fa- what about, where are the family in all this? Are they, would they be involved or is it much more the, re- the resident on their own? Or It should be like a family conference if that's what the person actually wants. Yeah. Um, and again, it would be the wishes of the resident, but in most cases the family would be involved in that discussion. And again, it's, it's setting the framework for them as well, so they can maybe have the conversation with the resident yeah. as a family. Um, so they all can agree together yeah. and not disharmony amongst the family as well. And in the event that a resident who doesn't have capacity, let's pretend that they come into a care home with in quite late stages of dementia, um, is, it, is it too late for advanced care planning then? Or does the family become involved? Or what, from a practical point of view, what, what would you recommend? Well, they might actually have their wishes discuss with their family before they ever come in to the home so the family may be able to convey what it was that their their loved one actually wanted at the end of life uh, and they may actually have their own advanced care plan already in place. And So when you talk to end of life care is sort of the last six months I mean what, does that what do you what do you mean by that do you mean there's is there things we get ready at that time or is there it's about preparing. So if you look at the, the gold standard framework, um, they talk about prognostic indicators and okay. going through like three questions to kind of figure out, okay, where is this person at? Uh-huh. So, um, you know, it's best practice to have a palliative care register in all of the homes. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to establish. So say you've got 30 residents, you very quickly look at the chart or the, the, the register and go, okay, well, this resident, they've, they've got more than a year. This resident has shown um, some specific indicators maybe they're starting to go down the line a bit more and if you look at all the different illnesses um, that are out there such as dementia and the COPD and heart failure there are specific indicators so specific symptoms that um, help identify when that person is starting to, to maybe deteriorate a little bit more and uh, come towards end of life um, so again that, that would be one of the things I'd say to look at. That's very helpful would you recommend the gold standard framework for, for care homes would that be a well-known tool? Yes definitely it's, it's definitely the best guidance um, for all you know nurses and senior care staff as well because we have to remember that some of the, the homes are residential homes and not nursing homes and you want an easy framework and that, that is one of the simplest frameworks to follow it's not overly complicated. And that's an evidence-based framework as well that staff can very easily pick up and use. Yeah. So when 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 death um, when death happens and there's those last few days and the family are involved and the person dies is does, does, does the end of life care stop them when the person dies or no um, there should be bereavement and after death care for the family that are involved um, there's lots of different organisations out there, crews probably being the best known one we can signpost people to, yeah. but it's also about the family knowing that they're still welcome to come back into the home, it might even be about staff uh, supporting them at the funeral of the person that they loved as well, so there's lots of things that care home staff do 
very well after so many days within the care group. The other thing as well, it's, it's bereavement support for the staff as well. Yeah. You have to remember a lot of these people are, are in these environments for a long time. They develop very strong relationships. So as a manager, I would say, their role is to just support their staff and you know make sure they know that they can come and chat to you in kind of an informal setting. And if, if they feel you need a bit of help or you need some more support, then they can um, send you on to the right person then to get that. We also have a staff helpline as well that we can direct people to if, if they want to out of ours. Okay. Excellent. That, that's been really useful. Um, is there any other final comments you'd like to make? I think the only thing I would say is, you know, we have to remember that um, dying is normal. Everyone's going to die, so we shouldn't be afraid to talk about it. And actually, if we talk about it more, it will be what people want it to be. It will be this thing that everyone is absolutely petrified because you don't need to be in pain. You don't. You don't need to be on your own. And the only way to you know, change that is to actually talk about it. And we only get one chance to get this right. Very good. Thank my thanks to Joanne Agnelli and Jason Gravy for Four Seasons Healthcare. Uh, I'm Gary Mitchell at EBM. Thank you.